0: Good morning everyone and Today is Chag from the Today is a very special day for me personally. My daughter is getting married tonight. What am I doing giving a class? Because I'm a little crazy, that's why I have probably a lot to do. <laughs> But um, the point over here is as follows. I wanted to give a class already this class Thursday night, but I ended up getting busy with airport pickups of family members that were coming in for the wedding, and I didn't do the class on Thursday. So I had the intention of doing it last night, Um, but for whatever reason, I didn't do it last night. So here it is the day of the wedding, and what kind of greater merit can I have and bring to my daughter and her future husband than giving – uh, a class in Hasidus in their honor. So this is in honor of my dear daughter, Nahama Bela, um, and her husband-to-be in a couple of hours, Avram Aaron, Aaron Margolin. May they together build a beautiful home, a um, binyinadayad, an eternal edifice. and May they merit to have a house full of love, full of laughter, full of happiness, and a house full of children. You should have merit to have beautiful children and um, raise them in good health, children following the paths of Torah and mitzvahs, illuminated with the powerful light of Hasidus, and may their home be a Mashiach, a house already built. And if we can only merit that tonight, the wedding should take place in a courtyard right next to the holy temple, next to the base of Migdash, that would be my greatest joy. And um, let 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 their wedding be the, the wedding that leads us into the great grand wedding of the Jewish people and Hashem. So that's my blessing to my chassan and my kala. And I don't know how long we'll teach. As you can see, I have my phone on hold here. Usually I try to shut my phone when I'm teaching, but today it's going to be on hold. Here, just in case I get an emergency call from my wife or from this one or from that one things that need to be arranged. But meanwhile, I'd like to teach. I don't know how long we're going to teach, but let's learn a little bit. So at least we'll start. This is supposed to be last week's Thursday night's class. I wasn't planning to conclude it. It's a long discourse. It's a magnificent discourse. It's connected to today because it is the um, um, in the Sefer, Biureh Azoar, which is from the Mittler Rebbe. It's his writings of his father's discourses, but it's still... Considered one of the svarim of the mitler rebbe, and the mitler rebbe is Chagagulis today. is his day, the day of his liberation. Yesterday was his yartzeit and his birthday, both on one day. So last week in the parsha we read Vayetze Yaakov in Beirshava that Yaakov went out from Beirshava. So Yaakov leaves the Beirshava, Vayelacharon and he goes to Chorin. All right, that's what we learned in the last week's parsha. Rebchib pasach. So Rebchib, so the Biure Zohar is a passage. What the altar rebbe would do, many memorim, is he would take a passage of Zohar. And he would interpret it with Hasidic interpretation. He would like open up the, the, the passage of the Zohar that is very cryptic and give us deep insight in what the Zohar really is saying. Rabbi Pasach. So Rebhi is one of the sages of the Zohar. When he, when he began to elucidate on this Torah portion and reveal the secrets of the Torah, he says regarding Yaakov going out of Be'er Sheva, he connects it to a verse. This is a pasuk in Kehelis. In Kehelis it says kahelas. I don't remember how to say kahelas in the English uh, uh, um, um, uh, term for it. Uh, forgot already. In any case, not important. In any case, it says a over there as follows: The sun rises, uba Hashemesh, and the sun sets. The olmekaymoy and to its place shoyef Husham Shoyef, I think it strives Husham and over there it it re, 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 um, re, uh, re-rises again, it re-shines again. Simply, it means the sun rises on the east, sets in the west, and then after the darkness, it's striving to get back to the place where it, will, where it will rise again, again to the east, to the very, and then it's so the place, Makomo, to its place where it yesterday had risen, it rises again, every morning sunset is in the east. That sun rises in the east. That's the simple meaning of the Pasuk. And, some, and in some way, a Rebchia says that this verse is connected to this, to this story, that Yaakov is leaving Be'er Sheva and he's going to Choram. and so, so the Zohar explains, who is the sun? So the sun, we know, is a physical, physical entity, luminary in the sky. But on a deeper level, the sun is Yaakov. Yaakov is the sun. And um, the Zara, because, because, let me just give a little bit of a something to it. We know that um, the um, sun is, re- is representing the divine, even though the sun is not God, God forbid. But everything in this world is a metaphor for the divine. The sun is the most powerful force of life in this world of warmth and life. And without the sun, there would be absolutely no life on earth. So therefore, the sun is reflective or representation of the power of God in the world. And Yaakov, as we know, all of our forefathers, they all are all the great biblical figures. they not, besides being human beings, they, they were also physical incarnations of powerful divine forces. So Yaakov, in particularly who was the chosen of the forefathers, represents, and we'll soon see a little better, the idea of the sun, which comes to illuminate the world. But when it says, so when the verse says that the sun rises and it's shining, that's referring to Yaakov, but when, does the Zohar says, have a when Yaakov was in Be'er Sheva. And here it says ya- Yaakov went out of Be'er Sheva. So when Yaakov was in Be'er Sheva, that's when it was sunrise. While he was living in the town, Be'er Sheva is a, is, a, is, a, is a city in the southern part of Israel. And Avram lived there, and Yitzhak lived there, and, and Yaakov was living by his father, and now he left and he was going to Haran, so while he was in Be'er Sheva, that's when it's referred to the sun was shining. Then the sun sets. That's referring to when Yaakov is going to Haran, which is outside of the land of Israel. He's going up north and past the, over there by the Euphrates River. And when he's going into a place that's not holy, which is Haran. So that's called the sun is setting. That means Yaakov, when the sun sets, it sets to the west. And this is the case that Yaakov was, 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 was setting. It's referring to um, a sunset which is related to darkness, obviously. When the sun sets, it's dark. Even though to the sun itself, it's never setting because the sun, wherever it is, is rising. But at least to us, when the sun sets, it represents the, the coming of darkness. So Yaakov, who is the sun, setting means that Yaakov goes into a state of darkness, which we know the time of harem was a time of exile for Yaakov, a time of great darkness for him. But it was very purposeful, as we're soon going to see, that sunset is actually the greatest sunrise. That's the whole magnificent beauty of, the, of this discourse. Where he's going to explain that when godliness goes into a place of darkness and concealment, in order to illuminate even the concealment, but in a more softer, hidden, uh, in a less um, obvious way, that's actually the whole purpose of creation. And therefore, that's really sunrise. But that's what he's going to explain later. So the Zohar says, when the sun sets, when it goes to The what's the relationship of, of sunset with Yaakov going to Haran. Well, we see it in the in the in the itself. It says, well, when Yaakov just was on it before he even arrived to Haran, he came to a place. It says, which was the Mount Moriah, and he and he lodged over there. He, he slept over over there. Because the sunset. So you see that when Yaakov is leaving, it's compared to sunset. That's what it says in Zohar. This was Reb Chia's opening interpretation of the parsha. So now the altar Rebbe um, uh, is, begins to explain, again, the middle Rebbe's writing, his father's teaching. This teaching was said in the year Toph Samach Zayan. Okay, so he says like this, in the meaning of Be'er Sheva, yesoid e'ma. So we need to understand first the, 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 na- the, the significance of the places and the people that are not, the players in these places. Because again, Torah has to be understood on many, many levels. So the idea over here is as follows. The Sheva, that is yesoid e'ma. That is the yisod of mother. What does that mean? Be'er Sheva, besides it being a physical city in this world, also represents a godly phenomenon. Um, because we understand that Israel exists also in the supernal realms. So Be'er Sheva, what is Be'er Sheva up there? Be'er Sheva literally means the Be'er, the, 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 the well of seven. So uh, that obviously can explain something magnificent. Seven is a very important number in in the divine. As we know, there are seven emotional attributes. Be'er sheva is the source from where these emotional, be'er means a a, a well, which would water the seven. The water represents life. Seven is the attributes, and the attributes need to receive vitality from a water source. The water source that feeds the seven is Be'er sheva. And therefore, it's referring to a level that's beyond the seven emotions. What's beyond the seven emotions? So we know the emotions are called children. They have a father and a mother. What's the most direct source for the children? The immediate source is the mother. The father is a little bit more detached. The father is a little more earlier in the scene. father comes and makes his deposit nine months earlier. The mother is the one who develops the child and then eventually reveals the, reveals the children. So she's the closest source to the children. So in Kabbalistic in terminology, we know Chachma and Bina, the, the divine intellectual faculties, are called father and mother. They give birth to seven children, the seven emotions. Chesed, which is kindness, gavura, Tveras, Netzach, Haydiasayid, and ultimately Malchus. It's like Leah. Leah is the mother. Leah had seven children. She had six boys and one girl, which is Malchus. Dina. Dina is Malchus. Dina is Malchus Dina. So therefore, when we say Be'er Sheva, it's referring to the level of Bina. Within Bina itself, which is Bina as the intellectual faculty of understanding, which is, and we see that, you know, just to to get, make that uh, in a way that we can understand, our emotions are constantly fed by our intelligence. What are we What, what are we excited about when we read about certain things? And when we read about amazing things, exciting things, we should always be reading about things that are important and significant and great, because when we fill our mind with good information, our emotions will be in, the good, informa- will be in good things, and then eventually our behavior will follow, our energy will flow towards the right, right things. If we fill our brain with junk, then our emotions will be junky, and our behavior will be pretty junky. So in order to get things of significance, you want the in- intellect. So the intellect feeds the emotions. Within the intellect itself, there is the uh, initial f- kernel of an idea. That's the flash of the idea of Chachma. And Bina is the full-fledged um, development of the idea. In order for an emotion, in order for us to get excited emotionally about something, we really have to identify and connect to something on, in, 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 more than just a flash. We have, to have, we have to become familiar with it to a certain degree, know it well, and then we can get excited, especially when we're dealing with things that are not immediate to us, especially when we're dealing with more abstract Ideas like the divine, for instance. It's in order to, to connect. That's why Hasid is so much about studying and learning and learning and learning and learning. Hopefully, when we get, when we know all this information, this raises our emotions to a higher level. So within Bina itself, however, where is the child created? The child is created in the womb of the mother. The womb is called Yesod. Yesod, there's the Yesod of the father and there's the Yesod of the mother. The Yesod of the father and the and the yisod of the mother are the reproductive organs. So by the father, the yisod of Chachma, the yisod is the, is the reproductive of the male, which represents the idea of transmitting an idea. Chachma and Bina work like a husband and a wife. Chachma has this, has this flash, but the flash is a flash. If you, if you don't do anything with the flash, it's going to go away. When you have the flash of an idea and then you pass it on, to the female element of the mind, which is the receptive of it, and it's going to take that idea and develop the emotions in it, that's called the feminine reproductive aspect, which is called the yesod of the mother. So, And that's where the children are produced. So therefore, in Bina itself, the yesod element of Bina, yesod Eima, the yesod element of Bina, the womb of Bina, is called Be'er Sheva because she is the source of the seven emotions. Because the Yasod of Ema, of the mother, is called Be'er, like it says, a well Be'er mayim chayim, a well of living waters. It says in many places, and the reason is by way of analogy, just like, and he explains it, just like you have a well. Now, first of all, a well. A well is not a spring. A well is more of a um, a, a A well is not the r- real source of water. The well is the source from where people come to draw water from, and the well is already more man made You build a well which is a place to gather water. Now, where is the water coming from? A good well has its own natural source. The well is built on a spring, so there is a natural spring called a mayon. The mayon feeds the bear, and when the mayon feeds its water and flows its its water into the Be'er, which is the well, then, then the well is where people can come. Like we learned last week in the parasha, there was a, there was a well in the field. When Yaakov comes to Haran and all the, the flocks, there were three flocks of sheep next to it, and they were waiting to remove the the, the the stone off it. So you see a well is a place of gathering of water, which comes from a spring. And that's what Bina is, because Bina doesn't originate anything on her own. The left side of the brain, the mother's side, the female side doesn't originate. It develops. It nurtures. The, 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 the right side of the brain is where ideas are created. It's the creative side of the mind. So the right side of the brain is the, is the, is the, the Chachma, is the Mayan. The Bina is the Be'er. And it's a Be'er, just like a well. Shumayim it it is gathered water. And the reason why you can always rely on the well, because a good well is that you don't have to fill it. It naturally fills because it's always coming over the water. Min ha is from the springs. So just like, in the same way, the, 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 the receptive vessel of the yesod element, of mother, yesod an animal, in both father and mother, is the place of intimacy, of attachment. Yesod means it's the power of connection. where are the mashpia, the giver, and the recipient connect. And that's why it's related to the reproductive element, because that's the connection where one transmits to the other. So obviously we're dealing over here in an anthropomorphic m- metaphorical way a gazillion times, even when we think we've abstracted it, we've abstracted it and thinking in the abstract, it's infinitely higher than our abstraction, more abstraction, more abstraction, but that's, you get the idea. It's where things, where there is a connection between the creativity of the, of the male and the, and the development of the female, she takes the creative thought and idea and develops it in her womb, and thereby begins to create the emotions. Because in this element of yesot, in this womb, over there it's, it, it, it gathers the water. The Chachma that flows from Chachma, the Oir Abba that's from the light of Father. The Chachma called two, two friends, the relationship of Chachma and Bina is that they're always connecting to each other. Chachma is always flowing into Bina. In the supernal realms it's that's the wire it's like you have to have like two in order to keep electricity going you have to have two wires connecting and the you know the plus and the minus and that's how they the, the positive and the negative so two chachma bina have to constantly connect or else there wouldn't be the the cosmic flow of energy would network wouldn't flow into the universe so chachma and bina are called two friends that never separate and one is male and the other is female the then always and that's why it's called like a well who is always receiving from the Mayan, from the spring. And all the time, the light of Shefa we just started the year What's up? I'm giving you a little Shear in Mayan because I didn't teach last night. You go, Davin. Okay. No, 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 go not in Mayan. Go to, uh, go to Shul. Yeah. Okay, yeah, a lot of Mayon, A lot of mignon, yes. Take care. And all the time, the light of the Shefa, the Chachma of Chachma, is always flowing into Bina. That's why Bina is called a, a well of living waters. Chachma Nikra is called Chachma is called yes. What? That looks like a mistake call. Kiachachma, because Chachma Nekramayim Chaim is called Living Waters. Ki do it is known. Okay. Oy vey. what's going on here? Sorry, I'm really sorry. Hello, hello. I don't hear. I don't know why I don't hear you. Kiachachma Nekramayim Chaim is called Living Waters. Ki do known. What? I don't hear. You're not coming through. and the Yasod element of bina hain u'bechinas, kli, base kibul. This is the keli, this is the recipient, base kibul that receives. Likloit or to receive the light of Chachma, as it is known. The koidim. Hello? Hello? Sorry, please. I, I made that condition that I'm giving the class with the need to might have to interrupt. So please forgive me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you calling 20 times? What's going on? You kept on calling back and back and back like 20 times now. okay. 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 Good. 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 Okay. It's okay. And before the flow of energy is received in the mother's womb, he actually has told us nothing. Like as we know, from a from a man alone, you can't create a child. A man is an idea. There's, there's no there's no development. The man has a nice a nice concept of a child. In order for there to be a child, the mother has to take that that concept and develop it into something real he actually is told and we see that also in our, in our being emotions are not are not created just from a, from a flash you know, you just have a, a little something in your mind it's not going to create an attachment an emotional bond with whatever it is in order for the emotions to kick in you need to have a, a, a developed an understanding of it because Bina is called mother is is called father as it's not now two things the fa- you can- either one can't the mother can't innovate a child unless she has a, 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 a spark from the, from the father the father can't innovate a child on himself either, can't create a child on his own he can innovate but he can't create so it's only when mother and father together work together The it's also impossible for the mother to give birth unless she receives first the father's flow Ma'aba from the father but after she receives toilet, she gives birth. Hello, Aaron. Good morning. Yeah. It would be awesome that you come over here. I'm giving, uh, what, what time do you plan on coming? Okay, no, 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 no. I was, so it's yeah, oh, crazy me that I started giving a share now on B'yuriyah Zoyar of a uh, thing in the main room, but you have a side room over here and you're perfectly fine. And I have an office for you. I can get you into the office, okay? And you'll be able to sit there and... Okay, perfect. Um, but after after she received that's when she will give birth to the emotions. And then she's called she's a source. To the seven. She is a source for the Zun, which means she's a source for the seven children, which are the male, the masculine emotions, and the female emotions. explanation of the matter. it It will be understood by, when we take a look at a human being. We see by a human being, by us, that uh, when emotions are created, again, we're using our psych- psychological experience as, a, as an example for the divine because God created us in his image. So an emotion will not be created um, until, um, until, the, until you develop an idea really well. That's what we've discussed when we were just talking about it. The hainu basagamamish, when you really grasp something, that's when you'll get excited about it. My from the nothingness of the, of the flash. See, the flash is still called nothing. Because it's a flash of an of an epiphany, it's still it's just it's just it's just raw energy. It Doesn't have yet enough substance for you to relate to it as something real. It's still a, a distant a distant um, energy. Only when you take it into the left side of your brain and you flesh it out and you give it. Substance, you understand something with all of its details and ramifications Till it becomes very, very tangible in your mind, at least. That's when you can start feeling and building either your if it's something that's intimidating, you can get scared of it. If it's something that or you pull back, you contract. If it's something amazingly wonderful, you get passionate about it. You want to make it happen. You want to get to it. You want to buy it. You want to have it. You want to build it, whatever it is. but that's only after it becomes more substantial. But from the flash itself, that is still higher than grasping, will not yet create an, an excitement of the emotions. But even though nothing is created yet from Chachma, you need Chachma has to feed the Bina, but yet he's going to explain why Chachma is very pivotal. Because if you don't have that flash, you have nothing to work with. That means any excitement, you know, the pre the consciousness of the human being has potential to get excited about everything. And ideas can be, you know, what are you what is going to be your next project? There's millions of things you can you you can you can excite you can you can that could that come to your creative mind. So until you don't have chachma, you're still dealing with a potential of nothingness. It's when the chachmah pulls from the pre-intellect and it pulls an idea. Once you have a, a, a something, a beginning, a kernel, it's like it's like you know, without the father presenting that seminal drop, n- there isn't even a possibility for a child yet. Even though a a man from the, from when he reaches maturity, technically can have many many children, but those children don't exist as anything individual yet until the father actually is in an intimacy with his wife, and then he's pulling a certain energy from his brain, from his inner soul. And once that's already there, then you have something to work with for the mom to work with. Other than that, what is it? Even though technically you're carrying within yourself all your future children and grandchildren. Awesome. Yeah. Only I start teaching really yeah, let you. Yeah, okay, no it. way. I wanted to go back. Okay, awesome. Okay, let me show you here. You have the whole... I dedicate the to can I my little Okay, so you get to see my groom, my, my future son-in-law. He's coming to spend some hours here learning. Oh, it's great. Okay, uh, we're continuing. Um, I'm sorry, one more interruption. I feel terrible. But, you know, my other option is not to teach, and I don't want to do that. So give me just one more minute. I have to give one one thing. Hi, David. Just to give you a heads up, I put, um, I'm giving a share now in Mayan for whatever reason. And I'm using the shul. My son-in-law wanted to come here and spend some time as I'm preparing for the chasana. So I understood that you probably are not using your office. I put him in there. Just give you a heads up. He's going to be there till 12. So, machta tachanes. Okay, take care. Um, what is so? The same is also above in the supernal realms. Chachma is the first flash before Chachma. when the energy is still in Keter, the energy is still Ori and Sov, It's not possible for any manifestation of divine emotions or any because there is nothing. There's no. There's no even an idea of a creation and and for God to relate to anything other than Himself, other than the infant. But when there is first that flash of Chachm, which is the flash, and then the chachma flash will go into bina, which means Hashem develops in His mind, so to speak, in His intelligence, an intelligence. Let's say the concept that He wants to create a world, and then that will produce the divine emotions to be excited about the creation, All right? And eventually, the God's uh, evolve evolves His energy into being a king over the world, and getting deriving pleasure from ruling over the world. Is a, is an, is a, medium, between the essence of the emanator to the emanations. Because from the perspective of the essence of the emanator itself, in other words, if we're dealing with the essence of the emanator itself, which means the levels of keter, let's say, Kesser the crown, in it's a simple light. It's still be totally beyond a light that is, that is an emanation. There's no emanations, it's only the emanator, it's his very self. Emanations begin when Hashem emanates from himself, intelligence, emotions, these are emanations. But before Chachma, there is nothing but the emanator, the power, as we spoke earlier, the potential to have ideas, the potential to have emotions, the potential to have a creation. But there's nothing there, and you can't even call it potential because it's even still a level, even pre-potential in a sense. But but once there is chachma, that's already, already there is already a, a connection. It's already beginning. There is a but it, but he's going to explain. Chachma is still too it's still too close to the state of the original abstraction. Where and therefore chachma is also because it's so close to the to the to the to the, to the infinite. It too is very. It doesn't have substance yet. It's still that's why chachma is also called ayin nothingness. On the one hand, chachma. We say chachma may ayin. Chachma comes from nothing, from a place called ayin, which is keser. Keser is called ayin because it's it's infinite. There's no, you can't ayin means nothingness. Nothingness not in a in a in a in a in a in a negative way that it's nothing. It's beyond any something, beyond any definition, and that's why it's called nothing. Chachma comes from that nothing, like we see in our own mind when we have a flash. Where does the flash come from? The pre-flash, the place where that is, the Korach we don't know it. We don't know what it is. We know we can draw from there, but we don't know what it is. We can't define it. We know it's some kind of a power that we don't know. It's an abstract, pre-conscious power. So, but Chachma itself then, because it's already a flash, you have something. Chachma is called Yesh, something. But that's only relative to Kesar. But when Chachma... When you, when you evaluate Chachma compared to all the other attributes, all the other emanations that follow it, for instance, Bina and everything lower, they're called yesh, they're called something, and Chachma is still called ayin. Because since Chachma is the bridge between the ayin and the yesh, between the nothingness and the somethingness of the divine, therefore Chachma can be characterized somewhere it's, it's in the middle. As he says, uh, it's still higher than any specific light. It's God is still pre any type of higher than the light of kindness, which is the right hand. It is not God doesn't have any knowable tzedek, which is an attribute of righteousness or the like to the point that we say on God himself, he doesn't have any of these attributes. But through the medium of the channel of the light of Chochmah, which is the first emanation, or Hashem emerges, God's energy, creative energy, emerges to a state of something is already revealed. To emanate Midos, emotions. In other words, the, the desired state is to bring about the emotions because that's through the emotions God will create the world. As we know, seven days of creation connect to the seven emotions, emotional attributes of God. But in order to get to there, you first have to have this medium state, first of Chachma, then of Bina, and then through Chachma and Bina eventually will create the emotions. And these are the two stages of the Mayan, which is the, the spring, like water that is... That is still while it's in the spring, it's it's not yet in a in a vessel in a container, and then it goes into the well. The well is already gathering it together. It's giving it more of a shape and a form of the water. The uh, koyotz and the like, lafisha because chachma itself reishis. is called reishis. It's called beginning. bara, and it says in the, in the beginning of, of Genesis, of bereshis, it says in the beginning he created, and the and the targum says. The, the translation, the uncle is tired on bara with wisdom he created. So Reishas is Chachma, because it says Reishas Chachma, Yeres Hashem. Uh, chachma is called Reishas. Chachma is the beginning. It's the beginning of the revelation. From the concealed of the essence of the emanator. But because Chachma is still so close to the pre- to the pre-existence, to the pre-anything, pre and therefore the light of Chachma is not called it's not considered something. because Chachma is still so close to its source, it has the bitl of ayin. Like it says, of nothingness. Like it says, that Chachma stems from nothingness. Chachma comes from ayin. In other words, there's two levels of nothingness. Kesar is a much higher level of nothingness because Kesar is still the infinite as it is. Chachma is already a revelation. Something is being drawn down already. There is already a flash. But just like a lightning flash, you can't really, you can't, you can't measure it. You can't, uh, you can't capture it because it's so quick. It's in and out because it's just, it just, it just, it's just a, 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 an illumination, a split second of an illumination. That's what Chachmah is. It's the beginning of something. But if, you don't, if you're able to trap that lightning, and then like you catch an item and use it to create electricity, and so on and so forth, that's because you can capture it in a vessel. Or else it's gone before you know it. And it's so safe for, therefore is also compared to water. Water is, on the one hand, it's already a substance, but on the other hand, it's colorless. It's fluid, meaning it goes in all directions. If you, it's 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 hard. You can't you can't pick up water with your hand unless you put it into a cup. The cup is already the bina. The water itself is you can't you can't you can't take it. But it's already on a on that you can feel it. It has some substance, but it's still colorless. Just like water, ain't them yidua doesn't have a known a known color unless you put the water into a green cup or in a yellow cup or one of these or a red cup or whatever blue cup a blue glass. That's when the water will turn into the color. That you're putting the glass in, only according to the color of of the of the vessel. That's why is compared to water, as it is known. This is because the reason why chachma has that non-identific, a non-identification or identifying quality is because of. The chachma is so still so close to the essence of the emanator that is dwelling in chachma. Since chachma is the first emanation, it's still close to the emanator, and the essence of the emanator is still very strongly felt in chachma, and that's what makes chachma so elusive. Avo, but that's on the one hand of chachma. But if you're looking at chachma on the other hand, chachma as it stands for herself not as she is born from her source, but Chachma more as a, as something of its own, it's already something. From the other perspective, since Chachma is also considered the first of everything that is to follow, it's already, already a potential. It's like in the seminal drop of the father, it is already related to this specific child that he's going to create. In the pool of children that a man could create before he begins to draw... Then all of these children over there are absolutely one, and there's the potential for even more children. And depending on you know on how many children one will have, you have the potential to create who knows how many kids. But but once you're drawing already, it has a specific DNA, it's already something specific. This is the supernal uh, droplet, which is the beginning of all the divine emanations, it's already considered something like it says, "Kulan So with chachma, you made. So we're dealing already with making something. And you see that also the sages say, Nama Maimerhi. On the one hand, he said It's the beginning. It's still close to the nothingness. But on the other hand, the sages say that the word berashes is also considered one of the utterances. There's 10 utterances that God used to create the world. These utterances are already something very specific. Let there be a firmament. Let there be this. Let there be that. It's already a specific energy. It's already designed. The sages say on the word in the beginning, he created the word veracious in the beginning. They say it's also an utterance. But it's not really an utterance. Because what did he make? But it's the seed. It's the seminal seed that everything, that all the utterances are coming from. They're all detailed of this potential. Because the light of Chachma illuminates and will its energy will be extending into all the utterances and all the lights of Atzilas. Therefore, Chachma could also be considered a little bit of something already. The now, now we'll understand what Chia is saying. The Parsha Vayetze. The Parsha And when we read, then the Parsha Zva Yakov Yaakov, that Yaakov emerges, Yaakov went out, So he says that the the sun is rising. This is what he says. That when Yaakov is emerging, it means the sun is rising. So what does that mean? Is he okay? Great. Okay. Um, Yeah. Oh, let me show you over here. Um, and this is what he says, keep oh, why. So let's understand that Yaakov was in the beginning. Where was Yaakov? He was living in Be'er Sheva. So if we say Be'er Sheva, Sheva is um, um, the, the well of seven, which means the source of water of life for the seven. That's Bina. We spoke earlier. Yaakov is inside Be'er Sheva. What does that mean? Yaakov is the extension of Chachma giving energy to Bina. Remember, we said that the, the Mayon, the spring, flows into the well. So the, the, the Mayon, that's Chachma, and that's Yaakov. Yaakov in his word, in his name, has Yud, the letter Yud. Yud is Chachma. Akev, it goes down into the heel, which means it extends outward. That's why Kabbalistically, generally, we'll soon see in the mind where Yaakov represents one of the divine emotions. Avram is kindness, Chesed, Yitzchak is Gevura, and Yaakov is Teferis, which means harmony, which means um, synthesis, which means compassion and whatever, truth, many, many things related to it. But Yaakov is also Yaakov Yaakov is a radiance of Yisoid of Abba of Chachma. Kiddu as it is known. So what does that mean? So it's the extension of Chachma, of Chachma energy. Yisoid Abba is. Remember we said how does the father transmit to the mother through the Yisoid? Yaakov represents that infusion. So let me let me just stop for a moment. Yaakov's soul was the outburst of Chachma light into Bina to infuse all the attributes with godly infusion. Now hold it. If Yaakov is the energy of Chochmah that flows into Bina and into all, so how, how was the world in existence until Yaakov comes around? You know, this is the primordial. So first of all, Yaakov's spiritual dynamic exists before Yaakov is living physically in this world. The, the 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 soul of Yaakov as that pre, as that energy flow from Chachma flowing into Bina and then bringing out. So can you see in the story when Yaakov, let's take a look a minute at the story. Yaakov leaves Haran and he and he goes uh, he goes to Be'er Eventually he has seven children. And he has twelve children. Well, these children represent the various different wor- the, the different attributes and supernal realms. Because Yaakov is that energy. What did we say before? The mother can't create anything without receiving first from the father. Yaakov is that divine energy that flows through all the spheres. But then we're going to ask the question, but hold it. If that's the case, Yaakov had to be around the day, day one of creation. The Beresh bara on the same story where it says God created. Should it start? If Yaakov, the Yaakov emerges outward. The flash of Chachma goes out to Bina to create. The answer is we're not talking about creation. First of all, it's true. Yaakov was already existing then, but that, that story... There is the the, the 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 spiritual the 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 Yaakov not an incarnation in this world, but when Yaakov comes onto the scene and he lands down here in this world and he's a physical human being incarnating that incredible godly energy, and he's here in this world doing that. Um, why is Yaakov? Why? What's what's the significance? Because right now <clears throat> this flow of is not. The flow to create the worlds, it's the flow to add illumination and incredible infinite light into the creation. You know, there's two stages. There's one stage of the whole emanation of spherot and attributes, and that is to bring creation into existence. But once creation is in existence, God wants to. And what did God create? He created a finite existence, a very fixed and finite defined world. What does God want from this finite and fixed world? He wants it to become a home for his very infinite self. So he wants to channel himself down into this world bit by bit until this world is filled with his infinite light. And so I'm going to see a magnificent idea in the mimer that through a certain process, the finitude of the creation, the finite Um, parameters and definitions and and walls, so to speak, uh, uh, containers, the walls of the containers that make up our existence become so saturated with godly light, with infusion, that they suddenly start dissolving into the infinite. It doesn't mean they cease to exist, but they become very flexible. And while we're finite, we're also we're able to be stretched into the infinite. And the world reaches a state of incredible marriage and fusion with the Orient soul with the infinite. It's a process of thousands of years. We're who stretches how does the finite vessels and containers of that make up the, the definitions of everything in this world of time and space and of all parameters and definitions of everything, these the, um, um who stretches it and transforms it, that's the added energy that flows from the Ein Sof into the world, beginning which is with, and which is primarily infused through the Torah and the mitzvot that we do, that's what we're doing for thousands of years, Torah and mitzvahs who is the father of Torah and mitzvahs? Yaakov, Yaakov is the we have Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Yaakov is Torah, Yaakov encapsulates the entire element of Torah and mitzvahs and therefore When Yaakov's neshama is in this world already, Yaakov is born, it really means that the Torah experience is beginning. And where does it really start? That Yaakov steps out of his sublime, godly um, 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 potential. And he moves out into action to start illuminating the dark side into creation. That's the... that's where, that's this point in Yaakov's life when he's already 76 years old, similar to his grandfather Avram, who was 75. And Yaakov is now going to Haran to the dark places, to begin the process of illuminating creation through Torah and mitzvot and so on and so forth. And that's what Rabbi is explaining, how Say Yaakov. So we're not talking about the initial passing of energy from Chachma to Bina and from there down into the emotions to create the world. We are talking about this, extra incredible infusion to the unite the creation with the infinite after they were already created. In this sense, what, what exactly is the level of Yaakov? Yaakov is the in protrusion of the energy of Chachma, called Yesod, the Yesod element of Chachma, a father, which means the element of of, of, of Chachma to pass its brilliance, its a infinite light that is in Chachma, but to pass it on to Bina, to the mother, for the spring to go into the well. And now the well will now be able to feed the seven emotions. So he says, He is the radiance of the Yisod element of Father. Now, by the way, we'll soon see in the mimer, there are two people who represented this idea, Yaakov and Moshe, because Yaakov and Moshe are really the same soul. Yaakov is the external part of the soul, and Moshe is the internal part. Who gave brought the Torah to the world? Moshe. What's, what's the Torah? It's an illumination of God's Chachma, of Hashem's Chachma, down through all the world, all the way down into the physical world. But who precedes Moshe? On a more external level, it's Yaakov. The Zohar says Yaakov is on the outside, Moshe is on the inside. Both of them are the same level of Yesod Abba. They're both the Yisod element of chachma protruding outwards. And that's why we find from all of our forefathers. Who is the one who comes down the lowest into the world to rectify, to fix, to deal with the dark side of things? It's Yaakov. And in which port? So tol Pashas v'yeit say Yaakov is hibernating in his source. He's like, a, you know, he's, he's in hibernation. He's, he's, he's still in his source. He's hidden away in, in even higher in Be'er Sheva, he's hidden to himself. But then he goes out. And his first stop where he goes in order to reveal himself is it father has to transmit his light into mother. So he, Yaakov first emerges in Be'er Sheva. When he emerges in Be'er Sheva, what it really means, he's illuminating Bina with the light of Chacham. And that's called sunrise, as we're going to see, because the sun is Yaakov. And the sun rises in the east. The east is Bina. That's very interesting. So the sun rising in the east is really, really, it's really an intimacy between Chachma and Bina. The sun breaking through. You're watching a cosmic intimacy. A father and mother being intimate with each other. Chachma is breaking through into Bina. And it's, it's 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 passing its energy into the east, which east is which we're going to see why Bina is also called the east, and, and that's also the meaning of Yaakov being in Be'er Sheva. That's sunrise, not sunset. Sunset, we're going to see soon what that means. in the meaning of Yaakov and after he became enclothed by Yisaid the and the Yasod element of mother canal. Yotzah he continues emerging leheyer now, as we said earlier. Um, the chachma inf- gives gives off its infusion into bina. Bina takes that idea, and then she and she produces emotions. She produces children, the emotions, the excitement. Now, the excitement is not only a product of the mother. It's not that he activates her and then she creates a child. She takes his potential, and with his potential, she extends his energy into the children. In other words. For example, let's dig into the intellectual element of it. When you have an epiphany, you have an idea, and the idea later is fully developed in a full-fledged understanding in your in brain, with all the details in your intellectual, in your left side of your brain, you continuously have to keep the main point vibrant. If sometimes when you get too caught up with details and you lose the point, then there's no energy and you're not going to get emotional about it. You're not going to get excited about it. In order to activate emotions, you have to have a combination Chachma is the energy. Chachma is the umf. Chachma is the soul of it. The bina is the body that captures that soul and it brings it into the emotions. So the main point we want to get over here is we want to get to the seven. We want to get to the seven. So in order to get to the seven, you need Yaakov's energy to be first in Be'er Sheva. But if it stays, remains, if it remains in the intelligence and it doesn't go further, it's no good. The mother has to give birth and that's the meaning that Yaakov, who was living in be'er sheva is now continuing out outward to the realm of the emotions to invigorate the emotions to infuse them with new energy and new vitality all the way down to the last of the emotions which is called haran haran is the attribute of malchus and that's already considered a very dry place haran is dry a very dry place because over there godliness is the most diminished Because that's already the final attribute that is the closest to the creation where God already dims his light very, very much. But even into that very dim and dark place, Yaakov's energy has to come down all the way into Haran. That's the idea. So basically we're talking about the pathway of divine energy going through the whole realm of Atsilus and going to Kharana. and that's the meaning of, Ayei Tzeyakam, Ayei and he goes to Charanam, let's read it inside. Yotza, he goes out, Leheir, to illuminate, and to refresh, the V'midoy Sada Tzilas, L'fishu B'chanes M'amutza, because he is that medium, between the orange self, the Keserda, and the actual attributes, and eventually the creation canal. He leaves and continues further out. It's like the mother taking the father's energy and then creating the children with that energy she receives from the father. Aima, the mother of the children, Lahem, to illuminate to the Sheva to the seven, to be a source, a root and a source to them. And because he is the Mamutza, because he is the meteor, that's why Rebbe who is the author of this teaching in the Zohar, he is the one who brings an an example to explain the meaning of Yaakov going out. From the Passock of the Vazara Hashemesh, he explains. Kabbalistically, the sun sun and moon. So, moon we know is the female, and the sun is the male, and and, and it's explained on many levels. Sometimes it's explained that the Zeir Anpin, the six emotions, and Malchus, which is the the Malchus is the moon, and the six emotions, which are the which feed the Malchus, which feed speech. Malchus is speech. Speech is always fed by emotions. That's the male, and and, and speech is the is the is the female. It's like words receiving energy and vitality from the emotions, the masculine energy flowing into the fe- female side. But on a level higher than that, and on a level deeper than that, the higher couple, the higher marriage of Chachma and Bina is also called son and Moon. So son is also the same level as Moshe and the same level of, of Yaakov. That's why it says regarding Moshe that his face was the face of the son. Because Moshe's level was the revelation, the yesod element of Chachma, Shemesh. The Pidish, the, as it is known. Now, Bina is called the, where, does the sun, where does the sun enter? Enters the east. That's when she it, it arises. So the east is Bina. What's Mizrach? What's east? East is Bina, but the same level like Be'er Sheva. Not Bina itself, but the womb of Bina is called is called east. Why is she called Mizrach? Let's understand. Why is Mizrach called Mizrach? Mizrach means east, but the Hebrew word is Mizrach. Mizrach means a recipient of light. Zarach means light, illumination. The reason why east is called the Recip- Mizrach, it is the recipient of light because on the east side is where light reaches first. When you're, when you're early dawn, look up, the east side is illuminated. That's where the sun rises. So she is affected. The east is the recipient. So it's like the womb of the female receiving the energy from the male. And the male is the Shemesh, which in, we find in Chazal also that they use for the, actually for the male reproductive organ, they use the, it's called sometimes Shamosh. That's the sages use, same idea Shemesh. So here we're dealing with, in illumination, of the official first infusion of divine light of Shemesh. Where is it going? Into Mizrach. Mizrach Shemesh. Shemesh is the light, is, 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 the, is, the, is the Chachma illuminating in Venus. It's so amazing because when you're seeing a sunrise, you're seeing something incredible. Every day, a new fusion of energy from the infinite potential into the womb. And from there, you'll have the whole day being born. The yesh, Bezricha, Madreges, and in Dezricha, now he says there's two levels in this illumination. Number one, Chachma illuminating Bina. Number two, the light going out from Bina and to illuminating further into the emotions. And both of them are called the Zricha. Both of them are called this illumination. Um, the first epiphany, the first illumination, from the concealment of the essence, where it's still, as we spoke earlier, pure nothingness, this is the sun illuminating, you suddenly see a sun, you see a little bit of light. But then, and this is what happens a lot of times, you have a flash of an idea, which is awesome, but then when the flash, when you start taking the flash, and you start playing around with it in your left side of your brain, sometimes it causes the brightness and the and the and the and the sharpness of the idea to get a little dimmer, because you're trying to like sink your teeth into it. Because you're trying to like really explain it with in your in your own mind based on previous n- understandings and so on and so forth. If the idea is extremely extremely sharp, it it you won't be able to do it. So sometimes you have to like. You have to calm the idea out and then you can open up your, when the creative mind is too intense, it doesn't allow for the analytical side of the brain. So that it's almost like the father has to be silent so the mother can take over. So that's what we're saying that Chachma energy gets concealed in the bina, gets hidden in the bina. And for a while, it's kind of like, kind of the, the sharpness and the excitement is not there so much. But once Bina finishes developing it into the full-fledged idea, she kind of recaptures again the excitement of the initial point. You get back to the point, and that's when it's ready to go out and to illuminate the emotion. So that's like two times that there's a shining. The first initial flash, and then when it's coming out after it's developed in the Bina, and it's ready to move out into the the emotional state, it's again a re-illumination. And afterwards, it illuminates in Atzilus. She says, This is the meaning of a Yatsa Yaakov. it goes into the rest of the world of Atzilus, which are the emotions. And this is what it says: the sun rises." That's why the Zohar says when Yaakov was in Be'er Sheva, when he was in the Yisoid element of mother, because he can't have that second burst of energy into the emotions. First, it has to get dimmed a little bit and enclosed in the analytical side in the bina. Over there, it's not so exciting; it's a little calm down. It's not so sharp. But afterwards, by eight, say it has to come out another time. Canal. but So, that, so really, there is two times in the Zricha, the two sunrises. One is when Yaakov enters Be'er Shev. That's one rising. When he goes there. The other one is Vayetze When he's going out of the airshava, he's again emerging because he's emerging down to the emotions as again a sun, as a sunrise. Kadimian, like we see, when he's going to compare it to the sunrise physically as well. So there it's hard to understand exactly. In other words, first, the, the night, the, 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 the sky is dark. And even though the sun is around, but since it didn't blast through the east side yet, it's dark when it then it goes in, it goes into the sky on the east. And in a sense, it's kind of like breaking its way through the darkness and the darkness is still concealing it. But once the east side is lit up, that's when it will now move out and illuminate the rest of the world, not just the east side, north, south and and west. The that same is also the light of Chachma Only after it blasts through Yasid Eima, the Yasid element of mother, it goes out It goes out to illuminate the six directions of Atzilus. And that's called the world. The world is the six emotions, they're the six directions. Only when it emerges outward, the Okay. I would really let me see what time it is. Okay, let's learn another another 25 minutes. And to understand all of this with added explanation. Let's first preface the verse, the voice is the voice of Yaakov. Okay. The idea that we said earlier, that Yaakov is the one that, his avoda is to illumin- initiate more. He, he's the beginning of Torah. Him and Moshe Rabbein are the infusion of new light into the world, extra added light to bring, to purify the limitations and to elevate the limitation to the point that they lose their, 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 their stiffness and they become completely flexible to receive the infinite. That idea is going to develop from where it says hakoil koil Yaakov. You know, and the has told us two weeks ago, Yitzchak, when, when, when Yaakov and Esav come for the blessing, Yitzchak says, Yaakov, the voice is the voice of Yaakov, the hands are the hands of Esav. So in these meanings, Yaakov, Yaakov is the voice that says that Yaakov, his idea is the voice of God in this world. The thundering voice of God in this world comes through Yaakov. And he's going to explain what does that mean. It's, what is a voice? A voice is, if you're sitting quietly, you know, no one hears you, you're not having impact. When you raise your voice and allowing your voice to come out, you're, you're filling the room, the environment, the community, whatever it is, with your, with your knowledge or with your wisdom or with your whatever it is, with your presence. So God's presence in this world comes through Yaakov. And his job is to give. Torah is God's word, the Ten Commandments, and the rest of the Torah. It's God's speech into the world. It's all through the Yaakov's neshama. And also Moshe. Moshe and Yaakov are the same idea of koel Hashem, the voice of God, as he's going to explain over here. He's the Yesod element of Abba. Again, Abba is Chachma. Chachma is illuminated with the Or from Kesser. Chachma is the first recipient of infinite light, the beginning. But if Chachma doesn't have a Yesod, if a father doesn't have an ability to, to get married and to procreate and to pass that energy onward, it ends with him. So Chachma is illuminated, but without the yesod without the ability to attach to the, to the recipient, uh, uh, well, well, you know, nothing is happening with it. Yaakov is the power of the divine to connect and to, and to channel things, Yaakov and Yosef. Yosef is, we know, the element of yesod and Yaakov is also the element of yesod but on a higher level, yesod of Chachma. Uh, which is the same level of Moshe as we spoke earlier. Now he says a very paradoxical thing. We are blaming Yaakov. We are attributing this power of Yesod to Yaakov. But really, it's mainly, it's Moshe's level. This is really, as we spoke earlier, Yaakov was only Somewhat of a little bit of an introduction to it. Moshe is really the, the yesod, the attacher and the communicator of God to the world of chachma energy, of Bitel. Moshe is chachma, because moshe says, firstly, he has V'anachnu ma, I am what and his name memhe. In his name, he has the name Memhe, Ma, his power is ma. And what's chachma? Ma, the power of what, the power of where it's still higher than right? The, the flash of chachma, But our forefathers, an interesting idea, the others, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, the patriarchs, are generally considered much lower than emotion. And in that sense, we put Yaakov together with the forefathers. They are the emotional element of the divine. Avram is God's kindness, Yitzhak is the personification of God's severity and, and strength, and Yaakov is, is, the, is teferis, is harmony. And Moshe is Chacham. He's much higher than the forefather. That's why the Torah was given to him. And that's why there's no tzaddik. There's no one greater than Moshe. until Mashiach. And Mashiach himself is is a blend of Moshe's neshama, as we know. Now, even though we just said that Yaakov is also that level, the primary level of Moshe's primary level was that level. Yesot of Chacham. By Yaakov, his primary level of his neshama is one of the emotions, the Ferris. He has within himself also some connection to that higher level of Yesodim. So he's going to explain over here how Moshe, in general, is considered much higher than our forefathers. Why? What's the difference? The emotions are already fixed, a fixed state. God is already... in a very fixed, definitive state, it's God's kindness. Avram Avinu, his energy was God's kindness. He was super kind, infinitely kind, but it was kindness. Yitzchak's mode of service and his energy that flowed through him is God's severity and judgment. Yaakov's power was God's compassion, but already a definitive thing. Moshe, he's communicating the initial light that has no definition yet. It's still the light of It's that first flash which is going to be a source for kindness, it's going to be a source for severity, it's going to be a support force for everything. Now, higher than Moshe, that light also exists. But higher than Moshe, that light is still private, it remains inward, it doesn't go out. Moshe has the ability to take that, that creative potential and bring it out, just like we spoke earlier on Yaakov, but it's really Moshe's love. That's why he's really higher than the four-fathers. Like it says, it says in the Pasuk, where do you see that Moshe is higher than the forefathers? In in, in Parsha's Vaera, in in, in, in Sh- numbers in Shemois, in the second Parsha, it says, I re, Hashem says, I appear to Avram Bikel Shakai with the name Shakai. But I appeared to them, but Hashem says to Moshe, to them I gave a little revelation with my name Shakai, but to you I'm revealing Havaya, Yudkei Vavki. So you see from here, the Moshe is channeling and connecting to a much higher level. We know the name Havaya, Yudkei Vavki, the tetragrammaton is much higher than any of the other names. And he's going to explain now the limitation of Kale Shakai. What does Kale Shakai mean? The high news explains like this. The forefathers, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, their godliness was already an energy that was already processed in Bina. What did we say earlier? Chachamah passes its energy into Bina. Bina takes the Chachma and creates definitions because Chachma is still too abstract. And then she creates the children. She passes the energy down to the children. She inspires the children. She inspires the emotion. Let's understand something. When Bina does that, she's, she's already, she's not allowing the light of Chachma, even though we said she connects the energy of Chachma, but she also diminishes it tremendously because if the abstraction would come through as is, then you wouldn't be able to, the emotions wouldn't be able to relate to it. Why is Bina the source of the emotions? Because Bina already can give definitions. And once you have definitions, you have something to grasp, something to get excited. She makes things tangible. So the the emotions, um, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, they are receiving godliness already from a far more reduced and diluted energy than Moshe. He's receiving the energy when it's still in Chachma. That's where his soul is tapped into. They're receiving it on the level of the emotions, from the level called Kale Shakai. Now, what's Kale Shakai? So he explains an amazing and interesting thing. Kale Shakai is exactly what we discussed earlier. There's an energy of Chachma going into Bina. And that's called the Mayan, the spring goes into the Be'er, into the, and then it goes to Sheva, goes to the Seven. Ke- so this illumination from Chachma to Bina. And then bina forward is hinted to in the word kale shakai. Why? The illumination of chachma is called kale. We'll see why in a minute, in a few minutes. Kale is the illumination of chachma. Once it arrives in bina, it's called shakai. Because what does bina do? The word shakai shin dalet yud comes from the word shed dai. Dai means enough. So Bina, that's what Bina does. Bina gives definitions and limits the light of Chachma. It makes it die. It makes it specific, definitive, and so forth. The light of Chachma, when it goes into Bina, is called Shaka. Now, why is the light of Chachma called kale? So he explains like this. Beautiful. Chachma, remember we spoke earlier that Chachma is the beginning of something. Compared to Kesar, Chachma is already called something. Even though it's still so close to the source and therefore compared to the lower, it's still called nothingness. For that reason, the emotions can't connect to it because it's still abstract. But still, compared to Kesser, it's called something. The word for somethingness is called yesh. 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 Something. Yesh means something. God, it is a, the, 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 when it comes to the reward of uh, the tzaddikim in the future, it says, Hashem says, I'm going to make inherit, L'yahavi. to those who love me, yesh, I'm going to give them something. So here the sages learn out that God is going to give to this, to, the, to all that he wants to reward, 310 worlds. Yesh, 310 worlds. Yesh is gematria, the numeric value, shin and yud is 310. What does that mean? It means God is going to reveal to the tzaddikim the energy of Chachma as it is. That's yesh. So if Chachma is called yesh, which is the number 310, when Chachma wants to transmit tabina through yesod, which is a, a, an illumination from Chachma tabina, every illumination from the from a teacher to a student, from a influencer to a recipient, you can't transmit your very self. You can only transmit a ray of yourself. The ray is considered a tenth of who you are. It's only a tenth of your being. Why? Because there are ten sephirot From Chachma all the way down is ten sefirot. Malchus, which is the instrument, Malchus kingship, which is the last of the ten, which is the instrument through which you communicate because Malchus is speech. And so Malchus, because she's the tenth, in order to transmit anything, first you have a flash, as we spoke, then you have an understanding, then you, then you process it in your emotions, and then finally you're excited to speak, and you give it over. The speech, which is being given over, is a tenth of chachma Malchus, which are words, that's why we know that when you're teaching something and you're giving over words, what your students are receiving are only a tenth of the way, the sharpness and the clarity that the teacher has. For that reason, a tenth of 310 is 31. If you take 310 divided by 10 is 31. Kale, the word kale is 31. Lamed Aleph 31. So kale shakai. Kale is the illumination that Chachmah is illuminating because Chachma is 310 is yesh. When Chachmah is giving to Bina, it's giving kale. But when it comes into Bina, Shakai, Bina mate Shed die, makes enough, me, defines it. And only after the energy has gone through the kale and the shakai can Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, which are the emotions, be illuminated by it and receive it. Higher than that is still infinite. It's not, they can't relate to it. Moshe's soul, however, is in Chachma itself. And therefore, he's much higher than the forefathers. To a certain degree, Yaakov from all the forefathers also has an antenna into this level. As, as is the story in this part, that Yaakov goes out. His primary level is the emotions, but he's also plugged in, in a, to some degree on that higher level as well. And that's what he's explaining over here. The Kael Shakai, the yisod element of mother, Shanikra Kale Shakai, is called Kale Shakai. Why? Kale Mihira da Abba. is the illumination of father. Shemalubish Pashem Shakai, that is enclosed in the name Shakai. Shuhub Kenas Yasod Ema, which is the yisod of mother. The die. That's why it says that why does God call Shakai Because he said to his world enough. How does an f- infinite being create a finite world? Because he's processing through Bina, and Bina does that. Bina is the power of to, Bina is full of Gevura, which is the power to put definitions and to take an idea and break it into pieces, and so on and so forth. is because Bina has the power of Gevura, five powers of Gevura, which are related to the four, five letters, Mem, Nun, Tzadik, Pei, Chaf, which are the end letters, which put ends to some. Should makamach Machamachach, stated elsewhere. Avaya, but my name I did not make reveal to them the abba, the light of father as it stands for itself, i didn't reveal to the forefathers. the because Avaya is the general energy of Kowaatsilus which will later emanate and illuminate in all worlds and all of atsilus, but it 's still a primordial, very early state of that energy i didn't reveal it to them, Kiduisha, but the light of Havaya, of, of the light of Father, it was revealed in his soul. And therefore, an amazing thing, because Moshe was so illuminated with this incredible infinite potential, infinite light, that's why he couldn't talk. Because when you're so connected to infinity, how do you communicate? That's why he had a, Moshe had a speech impediment. He couldn't speak. God had to empower him with a special power to communicate the uncommunicatable, to bring the infinite into the world. Because Chachm is in a state of such nullification to the infinite. It's so close to the source. And when you're so close to the source, you can't exit. You can't can't communicate. You can't perform. You can't reveal because you're so lost. You're you're not in a state of self-awareness. You're completely lost in the infinite. He wasn't able to, differ, to to lower himself down into speech that's why it says he was pulled from the water he was a complete a soul that was so submerged in the infinite which isn't the case with the forefathers their primary level is chesed the more gashes. They have much more in their in their level. There's much more self awareness because an emotion means you feel yourself. You are excited. Ba'av of a year with love and fear. When they served God, they felt that they're loving. Moshe had no self at all. He was completely in an absolute state of self effacement. Without working on it, his soul was just in that. State of like perceiving and experiencing the 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 ain self, therefore, he had while he's swimming in the Ein self, he has no identity. They are the forefathers, they're receiving already after the filter of Bina, so they already have much more of a self. Now, even though this is the level of Moshe, because there needed to be somewhat of a preparation already in the days of the fathers to that to that level, to that introduction. So Yaakov, from all of our forefathers, Yaakov's neshama also, even though his main level is lower as one of the forefathers, but he also has an antenna, so to speak, to a certain degree into the level of Yesod Abba. In Yaakov is called the middle bar. the magia Yaakov's light, Reaches all the way into the infinite, into keser. And he's relating it to the fact that Yaakov, from the, from the three fathers, which are already emotions, but which emotion is he? He's teferis. Teferis is the center. And because teferis is the center and it needs to harmonize the two extremes, it has to have within it a power of transcendence. That's why we say teferis is really the middle bar, goes up higher than all the others. It reaches into, into keser. And because it reaches into Kesar, it has that Yakov has an extra bonus to him that he can also serve as the Yasod element of, Ch- of Chachma. Because he's because what what does it take to be able to reveal this infinite light? You need God's omnipotence. Yaakov serves as that channel of Moshe and Yaakov, this energy, because of this empowerment. <laughs> The first illumination from Kesser is Chachma. Yakov is the divine voice that is able to, that, in other words, it's able to, it's able to overcome the natural limitations that there are that should act as barriers and not allow the infinity to flow further. In and it of itself, this energy should not be receivable in the creation and transmittable into the creation. But because Yaakov, just like by Moshe, we said he couldn't talk, but God had to give him the light of Keser, Who If Moshe is the light of Chachma, who is God that's telling him, I am empowering your mouth? Hashem says, I am from Kesser, which I am completely omnipotent. I am going to give you, Moshe, who naturally doesn't have a mouth, a power to speak. So Yaakov is also empowered by that Light of Kesser, because that's where his Nishama really, really in its quintessential origins, is from there. And therefore, he has the ability to do the impossible, to give in, the infinite, the infinite energy a, a, a pathway into the creation to ev- to illuminate the creation with infinite light. And as we're soon going to see, when the when through thousands of years, the energy, the the, the creation. The, the cosmos, the spiritual cosmos, are marinating in this extra bonus, in this extra infinite light, it starts having a powerful effect on the, it starts eroding from its finitude. And it becomes not that it destroys it, but it takes away its limitations, and eventually it like becomes un- finite in the infinite, infinite merged together. He gives an example later that if you put wine in earthenware for a long time, the walls of the of the container, of the clay container, become wine itself. So the limitations of this world as we marinate it in holiness become God. But who gives the ability to even bring such light and to break through all those barriers? That's the power of Yaakov. Bezehu akol ko Yaakov, lut amshacha. Kol is a voice, sound is amshacha. from the concealed legili to the revelation. V'techil amshachas Yaakov, in the beginning of Yaakov's amshacha. Shashor bi Abba, whose root is in the Yesoida, Father canal, who First, it's the orange sofa illuminating in Chachma, Shabbat Torah. And that's why when Yaakov reads Torah, what was Yaakov's profession? What was his main thing? He was the first Jew to really study Torah. Avram studied Torah, Yitzchak studied Torah, but it wasn't their thing. Avram's thing was Chesed. Yitzchak's thing was prayer. Yaakov's thing was Torah. Yaakov Ishtam, Yosheh Vaholem, he sits in the tents of Torah. Study. That's who he was. So Yaakov is the first one, who, and he's bringing the light down, into Chachmah, and from Chachma, he's illuminating further. Why? They call Koyre and that's what happens when we learn Torah. You do as it is known. This is the root of reading Torah. You're reading, you're calling God by his name. So when you call someone by their name, they come. You're calling them. We're calling the Adars now. To bring new light into the vessels, which are called names. It's deeper than that. Not you're calling God by his names. The opposite. You're calling him into his names. The names are the containers, the vessels, because a name is already a definition. You're calling the essence into the vessels. You're calling the infinite light into the, into the, into the names, and illuminating the names. Let's do a little tiny bit further. a will be understood by an example. You have a huge um, barrel, and you're pouring into small cups. Shacol, keli, de keli. once you put it into a little cup I, you know, I have one of these big water bottles and I'm pouring it into a small cup once you're putting it into the cup every cup adavr, is giving it boundaries Hanishpach patekhoi, is now limiting it only so much water can go in Kahma, keser, from the light of keser Nimshachay, they it, Yaakov is like the spout from this infinite barrel of keser of infinite light, and he's the spout to deliver to each name, to each sphere, to each attribute, added light. And now to the various different containers that there are, which make up all of existence. The and in general, Hamshite Sidri Mishnah, the six orders of the Mishnah. When we learn Torah, when we're learning the various different Mishnayas, we are really pulling God. We are as the descendants of Yaakov, we have Yaakov's DNA, every Jew is called Yaakov so we're able to open up that flow, to flow through the six orders of the Mishnah, Zerayim when you're learning the first part of Mishnah which is called Zerayim, which deals with um, agricultural mitzvot and Kliach that's flowing energy into the Vessels of kindness. Can you do as it is known? Uh, we're learning Moed. Moed has to do with fixed times. Time is related to Gevura. That's why you wear a watch on the left hand. So, so Moed is you're draining the energy into, into the fixed containers of Gevura. Now, a akeli, a vessel, generally a vessel, is secondary to, to the contents. You know, uh, when you have a glass of wine, it's, it's, you know, you're not paying too much attention to the glass. The wine is the thing. It's a wine glass. You need something to hold the wine, but it's a wine. Just like the keli is secondary to the to the to the to the uh, to the uh, liquid that's in it. But this idea that the vessel is completely secondary and it's almost non-existent to to its energy that flows in it. It's only, is not seen when the, when the cup is half empty. So when I'm looking at this cup over here, right now we're looking at this cup, I can notice the cup a little bit besides the water. Why? Because the cup is not full. But if this would be, if there would be full to the top, and not only that, it's overflowing and the water is pouring from all sides, it would be a moment that I wouldn't even see the cup because it would just, the, the, the cup would become completely canceled by the light. And that's what he's explaining happens when we learn Torah. God created the world in a very fixed, with the parameters of time and space, and fixed and, and, and limited, and everything has its, right? But when we flow the energy more and more until it overflows, to at a certain point, the the, the vessels become so nullified to the light that they become submerged and one with the light, and it's almost as if they don't exist anymore. And that's going to be Moshiach's world, when the world is going to be flooded with Godliness, as it says, like the water covers the sea. As long as the keli is not full yet with the light, even though you're looking for something particular, what? no, no, tell me. There, that's over there. As long as the keli is not full with the light, even though in general, a Kaylee is tofl, is secondary, it is hiding the light that is hidden in it. What do you see? You see only the vessel. Then you can make a big deal about the wine glass. Even though there is wine in the glass, you can notice, you can make, you, you, you can in a sense be distracted by the glass and not necessarily only see the wine. But if there's suddenly such a flood of light that's flowing onto the vessel, until it starts to overspill, like the mashke when it gets full, full overflows in the vessel. Until it spills over on the side. As it is cloud. Then you don't see the vessel at all, because it got swallowed, it became completely absorbed in the in the in the liquid that is flowing on top of it. And so will be understood. So the same will understand the supernal realms above, when there is so much extra light that is flowing over the vessels. Then the then the vessels become completely disintegrated. Yes, the tanya's are there. Okay, the, the tanya's are all there. Do you have you see over there. Yes. Okay, and if I have Titus Menachem you the terse menachem that I have is on that shelf. If I have, I might not have it over here. I have it in the house, but not here. Um, so this is an amazing idea that it discusses in Kabbalah, in, Hasid, in, in, in Kabbalistic writings. That the lights that are in the vessels eventually cause tzach tzach It causes a a a um a uh, refinement of the vessels. Initially, when God creates the vessels, the vessels are opaque. The more mitzvahs we do, they start becoming more translucent, and to and a certain degree, they become completely transparent. And it's almost that there's no. Imagine you have a cup, a plastic cup like this. In a huge pool of water, and it's inside the water. You don't even see the cup. If it's a very clean cup, you don't see it. It's just lost in the pool. It's as if uh, it's as if there's no there's no. It's all it's one with the water, and that's what's going to happen as the defi- as the finitude definitions of of our existence will become as a result of thousands of years of marinating an extra godly light. That's what mitzvahs do. That's why It's adding this powerful infusion. He's going to explain this two levels. There's added light that goes into the vessel that refines the vessel from the inside, and there is f- overflow energy that refines from the vessel from the outside. And this is a, 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 an incredible idea that happens while, as we're speaking now, it's still happening, that the worlds are becoming completely nullified in this incredible godly potential, but not nullified in a sense that we cease to exist, but nullified is that we become part of something infinitely bigger than ourselves the purification of the vessels From the, light. the lights refine the vessels to transform them that they should become absorbed and nullified to the light this two levels. one of them is when the light just is an extra infusion and the light is so much more than the container can, vest, can receive. It's almost like a teacher that, you know, he wants to stun the students a little bit, knock them out of their socks, knock their, he shares with them some very powerful ideas that they're not ready for it. So it kind of, you know, it makes them lose their self awareness. It makes them lose their self importance because they suddenly feel lost in this new teaching. They don't know what to do with it. It's like a shocker. That's like light that goes over the top of the vessel. Now, and the second one, Gambia Yiso if the light sits in the vessel continuously for a long time, it starts seeping into the walls. according to its limitations, even when it's being contained inside, the light polishes the walls of the vessel, which would mean something like this. When you learn Hasidus for months and years and years, even though you're learning these concepts, again, if you're constantly filling your mind with godly thoughts, even if you're not necessarily seeing so much the refinement, you're becoming a refined human being. You're changing. It's godliness starts becoming you. That's the beauty of it. <clears2> to purify. through the abundance of light. as it's set. akeli in the walls of the vessel. until even the 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 material, the coarseness of the vessel nasa zach becomes purified. Ubar and luminous kamoya or like the light. And This comes only because the light is not the light is not what's called again a, a visitor. The light is always there. If the light only comes into the vessel once in a while, the vessel will remain the vessel. The containers will remain the containers. But if the light sits in the vessels continuously and doesn't budge, eventually will will break. This from the inner dweller it's shining inside the vessel, and purifies it. It's, it's like, on the, on the other hand, in order to refine your students, to elevate their minds, is if you continuously teach, and teach, and teach, and teach, let's say they understand it, but these ideas sit in their mind, the students' minds start becoming a little bit like the teacher. It's like the Moshe Rabbeinu says to the Jewish people, you're only going to get me after 40 years. It's like we know that the sages say, you don't really get your teacher, you don't understand them until you study 40 years. 40 years of marinating Godly, uh, the teacher's teachings in your head start changing your mind, that your mind starts thinking like your teacher. So this is an internal purification. And then there's also an external purification. And when you purify half the vessel from the inside and half the vessel from the outside, the whole vessel suddenly is is completely see-through. And it becomes one with the light. But the first level, because it was intensified, an encompassing light, which purifies the vessel from the outside. And both are true. When we are reading Torah, we're doing both elements. Number one is that we have to study Torah every day studying Torah continuously, that's why you have to say, just say, kavias itim la Torah, you're supposed to study Torah day and day and day and then every day, it shouldn't be a day go by, because every day you want to fill your brain with this godly light. And then another thing is sometimes you go and read things that are above your head, you're reading things that are a little higher than you, don't be afraid, don't be afraid to explore what's beyond you, because then you're, even though you're not really grasping it yet, but you're kind of swimming in this higher light. Now, since we're doing this for six thousand years, that our Jews learning Torah throughout all since the Torah was given, but it's our forefathers. We we increase the light so much, eventually the vessels become so receptive that they get completely one with the light. Nim bekelem, we keep the lights continuously flowing in the vessels. says such beautiful words. The light will be completely lost in the light, now from these two levels, because it was increased more than the measurements of the vessel. And because of the brilliance of the light itself, it, 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 it shines the thickness of the vessel, because it's set there all the time. Well, derekh mashul by the way of an analogy hayya ina munakh manrav when wine is sitting in a vet container a long time nivlahu bidafni Sakeli, it becomes absorbed in the walls of the vessels vanasagamadoif and even the wall becomes mulaymalakhdu and becomes saturated with the wine vanasakamoyayanmanish and you can almost drink the wall itself it is wine itself what is that mashulov and based on im celiac and that's why it says twice a col why twice call? Because through our learning Torah we are bringing added more light inward and external and outside, and that and that's the job of Yaakov, which are the Jewish people through our Torah, to elevate the finite existence of time and space into infinity. base to these two levels of And with this, he explains. Now this whole process begins when Yaakov goes out from Be'er Sheva to illuminate extra light Moshe. It's that idea. Yaakov is now taking Moshe's place. Abba, the of Shemis First, it becomes concealed. First, it becomes received in the mother. That's Be'er Sheva. Like we spoke earlier, that it gets a little dim when you're beginning, when you're analyzing it, you don't see the power of the light. But then it comes out and emerges into the six emotions. the That give our birth from it creates a lot of and these are the vessels of Torah that means Yaakov emerges downward to create the entire Torah. All these vessels. Because you, you, Yaakov is developing uh, Mishnah, and Zeroyim, and Moyed and all this is all entering the light into the vessels. What does it mean? He's going out. Going out means he's emerging outward to actually go into the containers so that he can purify the vessels, the zeh of the an external, with an encompassing light, and with an internal light, that's why it's compared to the sunrise, just like the sun goes out to illuminate the world, but first it has to go through east, here's the interesting, what is the sun doing, the sun is not just, it's not just happening to to, to bring light into a dark world. The sun is actually fixing the darkness of the world. It's changing when sun shines on something a long time. The nature of that which it is shining upon becomes a little more luminous. I don't know the the scientist of the science, science of this, but I would need someone to uh, share that with me. The dilemma. That's Yaakov. When he was in Be'er Sheva, they call Yaakov, which is through the sound of Yaakov. I know. Which he illuminates all the seven emotions. That are born from Bina. And then we're going to continue what does it mean when he goes to Chara and what does it mean sunset and he's going to show how Dafka, when he goes into a darker place is the real sunrise. But that we're going to leave for another time Hashem, later this week. And we're going to Hashem, I'd like to finish this whole mimer during the seven days of marriage of my daughter Be'ezus Hashem. May God help that we should be able to do it. And um, thank you for being part of this.